We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com.
Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoHoops when you deposit for a free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi, as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news. We'll break down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and we'll talk about some all-star voting here, get, get uh, Benny's take and my take on who's winning, who should be winning, and who shouldn't. All right. Uh, you can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer in the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. We have to let you know that the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, what's going on, my man? Not much. Uh, pretty happy here today. We got some NBA basketball that's going to be starting early Monday afternoon. So even though I'm home with all my kids and it's a little bit crazy, we uh, you know at least have some hoops to watch. So that that always helps. Yeah, that's all, that's nice. You know what's funny too? We were ragging on mm-hmm. uh, yesterday when we recorded the uh, Monday uh, uh, RotoWire uh, DFS podcast. How it was thirty-one nothing, <laughs> and then we come. Yeah. Uh, I come downstairs. It's just about to be thirty-four twenty-one with an onside kick. I was like, ah, we just officially yeah. put the jinx on the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we missed the entire comeback while we were uh, recording yesterday's shows. So that's always fun. Very nice, you know. And what I will, I'm actually going to blame you uh, because you put it out there into the universe. You said thirty-one nothing. We don't need to watch this game. And That's it. I co-signed it, so I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna give myself forty percent guilt. Um, yeah. You are sixty percent guilty for. Well, it the seemed it seemed like such a good idea at the time because it's like, all right, you know, there's early games tomorrow. Let's try to get the podcast out early. Mm-hmm. It was already thirty-one nothing. We were both like, I don't want to watch this game anymore. So it seemed like the perfect time to do a podcast. But, right. Little you know. did you know, you just put the Jobu Jinx on the Carolina yeah. Panthers they almost blew it they just co- for completely forgot how to play offense in the second half but we're you know we're not going to talk about their offense we're going to talk about some offense here on uh the Sunday side of uh basketball thing but before we could cover all the latest news and our uh, box scores there we, we need to update some injuries here that are uh, breaking for today Derek Favors is uh scheduled to miss his 14th straight game I can't believe it's been that many games out again against the Blazers more than likely we're, you're going to see uh, Trevor Booker miss with a concussion so Trey, Trey Lyles going to be up in the mix here um once again probably starting for the Utah Jazz um Bradley Beal uh rested uh, over the weekend on, on the back-to-back set on Saturday, ready to go for Monday's action. So he'll, he'll be in the starting lineup against Portland. Otto Porter, uh, Gooden, and Humphreys are all out, which means it's more than likely they start Garrett Temple, I believe. Do you think it's going to be a Temple day here, uh, Benny? I don't know. It might, it might be a Kelly Oubre day as well. Um, I, I don't really know how they're going to go with it. They, they're they really thin in the front court. I mean, they, you know, they really have some problems there in Washington. I mean, you're probably going to see big minutes out of Gortat, maybe even Nene playing. You know, he, they might start Gortat and Nene. To, I mean, I'm not really even sure how they're going to do it with all the injuries they have. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how it ends up shaking out. So Ubre probably draws a start, but I think if I had to choose a guy, I would probably go with Temple for fantasy value. Oh, yeah, I like I like Temple more. I You know, Ubre. Ubre is, you know, he's going to play 20 minutes. He's going to get you like six fantasy points, um, six real life points, maybe a couple assists, a couple steals. Nothing spectacular. Sounds like like a like the beginning of a Casey and JoJo song. You know, like Kelly Ubre. <laughs> Ubre. Yeah. Let me tell you something. 
All right. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. You're a much better. You're a much better singer than I am. So go uh, ahead. You, you could roll with that one. Ubre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's gonna be in my mind for the forever. Basically, I hope Ubre uh, starts for like the next five games, just so I can do that for the rest of the week. All right. Um, Timothy Mozgov to remain in the starting lineup there for according to Jason Lloyd on Twitter. I I, I don't think I'm really interested in him for fancy value, but I think this does tick down Tristan Thompson who hadn't done a ton in the first place, but was like somewhat viable at least for like a cheat double double. And now he's probably not uh, in in the spot. So I had, I had much higher hopes for Tristan Thompson becoming the starter in Cleveland than what I wound up seeing with it happening. Turns out DFS dud. So let's could say, um, carry on business as usual. Nobody cares if Moskov or Thompson is starting, uh, because, you know, these guys, neither of them have relevant fancy value, at least in DFS. Yeah, they're, they're splitting time, too. So it's not like either one of them's playing 30 minutes at this point in time. So to me, in DFS or even in season-long, like like I said, I picked up Thompson in a lot of season-long leagues when I heard the news thinking, all right, you know, here's that chance to see the guy who had been putting up double-doubles whenever he got a chance with the big guys out. But he just really, as the starter, I guess, playing with the first unit, you know, and that happens sometimes is, you know, a guy might put up big numbers when he's playing with the second unit and he's getting more touches and more looks. But on the first unit, he's the fifth option. So he's, you know, basically only getting his points by rebounding and, you know, being underneath the basket when his man goes to help and getting like a drop off, dump down pass. So, Yeah, yeah. Being at the, yeah, just sitting there and. Punching a, a time card. Yeah, it's really not, not not much else is happening. Taking what's given to him, which isn't really much. Somebody who has been stepping up in the starting lineup is Robert Covington. Back in the starting lineup on Monday against the Knicks. So you like that. Probably um, a, a guy that's popular, a popular pick, pick up in season long. This is season long. Uh, a fancy podcast with a little DFS sprinkled in. So um, well, that's a guy that should be back on Raiders. We'll talk about him when we get to um, some, some more of the information later on once we cover some of the box scores here. Um, Carmel Anthony is a available on monday gonna try to play through this ankle injury so um if you are in a season-long league and um you you have to make a weekly lineup set do you roll carmelo with this ankle injury knowing that he's going to probably start on monday i think you kind of have to am i right yeah i mean knowing that he's playing i think you can it would have only been a question if you knew he was going to be out this game and then maybe some more but most weekly leagues lock on a monday anyway so if you know he's playing on a Monday, he's probably your first or second or third round draft pick. You know, you probably got him pretty high. And, you know, we always say you play your studs, you know. Yeah. So if he's if he's going to be active and he's going to be playing all week, he's probably going to get you better production than whoever the guy you'd be putting in for him is. All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll run through the rest of the news here. Nick Stauskas out, what has been starting at the two guard, but not doing a to- whole lot with it. Uh, Jeremy Grant likely to draw the start in his place. So you like that for cheap blocks. There, if you're in a league that's sort of like competitive in blocks like I am, you can make some a case for Jeremy Grant in your lineup. Uh, Blake Griffin is battling a left quad injury, but expect to be somewhere back in the next five to ten days, so could be potentially targeting a January 26th uh, return uh, against the Pacers or Toronto. Uh, on the, so take a look at those uh, two games coming up here on the slate. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's are, cro- uh, are the Clippers are crossing their fingers that DeAndre Jordan is able to play. He's been battling pneumonia, missed the Saturday game, which was uh, broke a Clippers uh, winning streak there. To, I think they won ten straight. So uh, they're trying to get him back in the lineup in the mix against Dwight Howard today on MLK Day. So keep an eye on that for those of you who thought Dwight Howard was going to have a nicer matchup against Cole Aldridge or make a case for playing streaming Cole Aldridge. 
may not be able to do so if DeAndre Jordan plays. And then mm-hmm. last couple pieces of news here. Julius Randle may have a broken nose. Um, Larry Nance Jr. was battling an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. He missed uh, that game. So Larry Julius Randle started and got the majority of minutes and, and got a nice little double-double. Didn't blow up or anything, but uh, sort of what you can expect. And Tony Parker left the Sunday game there um, with a hip injury. So that could elevate um, Patty Mills into the starting lineup, although he hasn't done a whole lot with some with the extra minutes that he has been exposed to so far this season. And that is going to wrap it up for the news and injury notes for Monday's action. Now let's go ahead and dig into the box scores here, Benny. We'll start with the blowout in Minnesota. Their 117 to 187 is the score. Uh, Markeith Morris is the story here. Get, ends up getting 33 minutes, some extra run. They finally, um, you know, unleashed him from the doghouse. Goes 7 to 12, scores 17 and 5 with three assists and three steals. A viable guy? Do we need to get start uh, putting Markeith Morris back on the radar here? I mean, Markeith Morris, it was never a question of his talent. It was a question of the fact that they weren't giving him any playing time. So if we think that he's out of the doghouse now, I mean, let's face this guy was the starter at the beginning of the year. He was their starter last year. You know, he was borderline all-star last year, if I remember correctly. So we know the guy can play. You know, the question of why we weren't using him was because, like you said, he was in the doghouse, and being in the doghouse meant that we were seeing, you know, Mirza and, and TJ Warren and, you know, John Lohr getting all these minutes. If Markeith is getting the minutes, Markeith is going to produce for you and should be in your lineup. So the real question you have to have is do you think that this is something sustainable? Do you think that they have changed, you know, the rotation to the point where you know, he's going to be a viable option. And and lately it looks like he is. I mean, he actually played the second most minutes on the team yesterday next to, uh, you know, Brandon Knight. So, again, if somebody in your league dropped this guy because of the situation that he's been in, which is definitely something likely because, I mean, he hadn't been producing a lick for about, you know, a month while he was stuck in the doghouse there. So if he's on the waiver wire, he's probably better and has more upside than just about anybody else you're going to be able to pick up at this point. All right, fair enough. Um, so he's back on the radar there. That ticks down John Luer went down to just 20 minutes and 8 points, 5 rebounds, nothing super exciting. Or um, People who are on the Teletovich train can get off the train, I think, or at least for the time being. Right now, just 14 minutes, 1 of 7, really ties his, his value overall, the 3-point shooting, and it was 0 for 3, just 1 rebound, 2 assists. So nothing to get excited about there. Alex Glenn missed that game with a left hand sprain as well. Tyson Chandler played 23 minutes and didn't do a ton. 8 and 8 with, um, you know... Uh, turnover and and a shot blocked he didn't block a shot he got his shot blocked so uh nothing too exciting to get uh um invested in on that side uh on the minnesota side there gorgie jang people were you know proclaiming him the uh gorgie jang the truther there as well i think people need to slow back on that role again uh uh as well you know very efficient from this Mm -hmm. spot and got a ton of free throws but keep in mind too like he only got this this sort of level of run and scoring because they got blown out uh, and, you know, this is like, what, a 30-point win for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So he only, even in a blowout, he only plays 17 minutes, and he got 15 points. But that's, that's the absolute best you can do in a blowout, only get 15, 17 minutes. Not going to be interested in him overall going forward. Pekovic is back, but Pekovic is still getting played uh, like he's the 13th man in the rotation. Just plays 6 uh, minutes, 56 seconds, you know, 4 points, no rebounds, nothing else to speak of. Uh, so basically business as usual. Well, uh, you know, Zach Levine and, and Shabazz Muhammad, the only guys really doing significant damage off the bench. And then you have your regular starting five that you really don't uh, get too excited about if you don't own Carl Anthony Towns yeah. or Andrew Wiggins. Uh, well, I, I think one of the big problems that I have now with all these Minnesota big guys is 
it's getting pretty crowded down there right now. You have Carl Anthony Towns, you have Gorgie Dang, you have Pekovic. And again, even if they're not playing big minutes, they're all getting some minutes. So they're all stealing minutes from each other. You also have Kevin Garnett, who's playing on the front end of every back-to-back and sitting like every third game out. You have um, Nemanja Beliza, who's also in there and, and taking some minutes from the small forward and power forward spot. So for me, there's just too many options down there. And then honestly, Tayshawn Prince is playing big minutes again too. So, you know, there's just there's so many guys that they're rolling in and out of there. Like even a guy like Cole Anthony Towns is somebody who I'm a little bit worried about because his minutes seem to be down since all these guys have come back. So if you're getting a few less minutes out of them, it's obviously going to hurt the overall fantasy production and the upside. And we've actually seen that, you know, he hasn't put up the same type of numbers that he was putting up, you know, a week or two ago when he was playing 30 to 35 minutes, you know, now he's playing somewhere between like 26 and 30 as his kind of ceiling. And, you know, it's just not going to be enough to get it done. So for me, even with, even at the point guard spot, you know, Rubio, Levine starting to get more point guard run. Really, the only guy on this team I'm kind of looking at or would want on my season-long um, rosters would be Andrew Wiggins because he probably has the safest minutes of anybody on this roster. Yeah, uh, I agree there as well. You know what it reminds me of? It's like the Chicago Cubs, like, turn back the clock day. You know what I mean? They'll turn back a clock game where you let, like, these all these oldies get on the field. You're like, oh, I remember that guy. Oh, I remember that guy. Like, it's yeah. happening in real life with the Minnesota Timberwolves with Tayshaun Prince and Kevin Garnett now. Like, oh, yeah, that guy used to play in the 90s. Like he's still playing. It's 2015. How long has it been in the league? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like I, I like having a couple veterans around, especially with the young team. I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. But I think where some of these teams go wrong is like giving them minutes. You, you, well, I mean, you can give them some, but you know, like these guys are playing. Starters you know, Garnett. Minutes. Yeah, Garnett playing 15 minutes, 18 minutes a game at this point in his career is crazy. Tayshawn Prince playing 30 minutes a game at this point in his career. If you don't have, I, I'd rather see them play Shabazz Muhammad 25, 30 minutes. Give him a little bit of extra run. Like, you know, why? Why? I don't understand why these guys get so much court time. But, you know, again, I'm not in charge of the team, so it is what it is. Yeah. By the way, I don't know. If I, I sort of glazed over this as I was looking through the news because uh, this news did not happen yesterday. But uh, Joakim Noah, four to six months with shoulder with uh, shoulder surgery. Did you catch this over the weekend as well? Yeah. Um. You know, I I mentioned it a little bit yesterday in the in the DFS pod too. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's actually a solid thing for Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson. Yeah, you know, all, all those guys, even even Miritich, who's been playing a little more of the power forward position. Um, you know, Pau Gasol now is probably going to be playing 30 to 35 minutes a game if he can. So I think it kind of ticks up all those other guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also opens up a little more room for, uh, you know, Dougie McBuckets, who's been playing pretty good lately. Um, you know, to get some run at the small forward spot with them moving, uh, uh, you know, Miritich over to playing a little bit more at the four. I really feel like Bobby Portis is still kind of, you know, falling by the wayside a when do- a little log jam still, yeah, yeah, you know, it's and it, and it's a shame because when this guy's getting minutes, he's putting up some good numbers and he looks good out there on the floor. So, you know, hopefully something opens up where you know they start giving this kid some more minutes because I think he can do some things for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think we sufficiently covered the uh, Minnesota Phoenix game, so we'll move on to Miami versus. Uh, Oklahoma City, another one that was in hand well before the uh, final uh, buzzer rang, 99-74. Miami plays a little bit shorthanded. No Goran Dragic, no Ben Udra in this spot. And uh, 
uh, Oklahoma City handles business overall. Russell Westbrook decides to dish out uh, 15 dimes. They have a little bit of trouble hitting a shot, but it didn't matter because everybody else was making theirs. Uh, Kevin Grant goes for 24. Baca puts up 19. Waiters uh, plays 28 minutes and hits uh, 18 points off the bench. Enos Cantor a little bit disappointing there, just eight points and four boards, but they didn't need him to do a ton overall. So they gave some extra run to Cameron Payne. Um, the only thing really to note on the Heat side is Tyler Johnson got, got the start, and he's a little bit of a scorer. I like him as a little sneakier uh, deep league option. I picked him up in my 12-team head-to-head league, and I had to sit Drogic, and I rolled him into my uh, starting lineup uh, for this week in a weekly lineup lock league there. So your thoughts on that move? Yeah, even um, even when everybody was healthy, like he's still getting pretty much the most time of everybody coming off the bench that's that's not a starter. So, you know, he's playing about as many minutes as Justice Winslow is at the guard spots, uh, you know, for the Heat. So he was even viable in deep leagues before this, but Definitely with the Drogic news and with, you know, Wade's always sitting out every once in a while, you know, Tyler Johnson is a viable guy that they can throw in there at either the point guard or the shooting guard spot. And, you know, like you said, he played big minutes, 38 minutes in this game, put up 16 points. Um, you know, he rebounds well for for a guard, six rebounds, four assists. Those are really good numbers across the board for a guy that you can pick up off waivers right now. So I don't think that production is going to stay that high after Drogic comes back. But he's definitely still somebody who's a viable option and, uh, you know, someone to look at. You know, as for OKC, I mean, you know, it, it's Westbrook, Durant, and Ibaka. Everything else on that team for me is, you know, fringe deep league options that you would throw in there. Um, but if you're in a 10-team league and you have anybody but Westbrook, Durant, or Ibaka from OKC, you know, I think you're playing it wrong. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on Hassan Whiteside. Put up another pretty solid game here, 14 points, 11 rebounds, four block shots. You know, pretty much does what he does. He, uh, you know, dunks the ball when he gets a rebound close, and he grabs some rebounds and he blocks some shots. So, you know, what do you think about him? Um, you know, how, how highly up do you have him rated? I know we had a little, uh, you know, talk about this with some of our Twitter followers uh, not too long ago. Right. And, you know, I still said, I mean, I like the guy a lot. My problem with him is he doesn't always play big minutes. He sits out a lot of times at the end of the fourth quarter. And, you know, he doesn't get you big points. But he is very good if you're in, like, a nine-cat league. You know, all he does is dunk the ball. So he has a high field goal percentage. He does block shots, which is something that, you know, is at a premium in daily in the fantasy period. You know, there's not a lot of guys that can get you multiple blocks a game. And he'll rebound for you. For me, I think that's where his value is. Yeah, for me, I'm just taking a look at Hassan Whiteside right now. Uh, for the season, actually ranked pretty well overall. He's like um, per- outperformed his um, preseason rank. Currently ranked 16th overall in Yahoo leagues. There, shooting a monster 60% from the field. So that's what you're talking about there. Everything's just like a putback or a dunk or mm-hmm. you know, a, a baby hook shot there. Double uh, double doubling on average right now: 12.3 points, 11.3 rebounds. And the four blocks per game is where he's really making some hay. Because yep. when he ever, whenever he gets rolling, he threatens to triple double um, from the blocks category as a third uh, as a third spot overall. So very efficient. You know, not a great free throw shooter, but does everything else well. And then whenever you see somebody get unplugged from the lineup, one of the three main cogs, Drogic, Wade. And and Bosch, particularly Bosch, you're going to see an uptick in production from Hassan Whiteside, and this is uh, sort of what you get. Like not an overwhelming performance, but seven of nine. They could have fed him all day in the post, and I, and actually that's probably the one spot they should have exploited in a spot because he probably had the best mit- mismatch, uh, you know, defensively against Stephen Adams, and they didn't go to him enough. They decided to go mm. to let Chris Bosch air it out. Yeah. 
and uh, that didn't work out too well. Um, yeah, I think another thing that helps him too is um, the Birdman, Chris Anderson, has been out lately, mm-hmm. so they really don't have anybody else to throw in there at the center spot. I mean, their their backup big man right now is, you know, a combination of Amari Stoudemire and Udonis Haslam, so it's not like they have other options, really. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So... Um, that's the way I have it and it ended up shaking out for me. Is Hassan Whiteside is a guy who's going to probably hang in the top 30 all season long because the skills that he provides, like you know, elite rebounding and being the basically the best shot blocker in the league, is something that's a rare skill at the at the elite level. You can find a ton of guys who will get you like one to one and a half blocks, but not that many guys that you can get three blocks. And somebody who averages four blocks per game is really insane. That's like having more than two players. Um, you know, at a single position in your in your season long league, uh, contribute in the blocks category, which is where where he's most valuable, along with the elite field goal percentage as well. Sixty percent is monstrous, also there as well. Um, so yeah, nothing else to really uh, talk about here aside from the, the note that we talked about. Tyler Johnson rotation for Oklahoma City basically intact, uh, game in hand. Nothing else to 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 really sort of decipher from that. So we will move forward. If I can get back to my main page and find out which the next game is. Um, boom, boom, boom. there it is. Dallas, another just it's like blowout city with, with every game. Yeah, it wasn't for, a good fight. Go except for the De- yeah, except for the Denver Indiana game, it was pretty much it wasn't it wasn't the best five games you know slate we've had for a uh, for a day of daily fantasy or even fantasy in general. Yeah, exactly. Dallas um gets housed by San Antonio, but San Antonio has been doing this to everybody, so this is actually like not really news to me. They're the best defensive team in the league. They handle business. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge gets going there, 23-7. and seven. Uh, That's a nice line that we've sort of, sort of been waiting. He did it in efficient fashion, 9-15 and 5-5 five five from the line. Kawhi Leonard, a little bit of a quiet game. And then, you know, the, here's the funny thing, too. It's like Tim Duncan, 0-4, 2 points. Uh, Danny Green, 4 points. Tony Parker, 2 points. No problem. No problem at all. They're just like, we're just going to let everybody else handle business. Mm-hmm. They went, uh, looks like, what, 12 deep, 13 deep on the bench. Yep. Um, you know, Boban and Kyle Anderson, you, you know, Kyle Anderson gets some minutes there. This is this game's over. So, um, yeah. And then I'm just going to this is what I do. And we said this over and over in DFS. And this is completely true in season long leagues there as well. You take a look at anybody's line. N- nobody had a good game. I mean, even Wes Matthews, 12 points, you know, is not exciting when he's got one rebound, one assist and, you know, one or four from three. The two guys only cracked double digits in this game. What you need to do when anybody plays the Spurs is just throw the game log out. If they had a great mm-hmm. game, then that's an aberration too on the other side of it. So we don't need to really discuss what happened with Dallas. And then, you know, all the, the only thing you really need to know is that Tony Parker got injured in this game, so he's going to be questionable for the next week. And that, you know, Tim Duncan and the rest of the guys got some extra rest. Um, yeah. In this the, one, the one thing that, um, you know, I did want to add on to what you said as well. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge had 23-7 and seven here. If you take a peek at his last couple game logs, he's starting to find his groove down here now in San Antonio. His scoring is up. His rebounding is up. Even his minutes in most of the games that don't turn into obnoxious blowouts, which actually aren't, you know, there's a lot more of them than you would think with the San Antonio team. Um, You know, he's starting to put up some numbers that make him a, a viable option again. Now, I don't think he's like a top two, top three power forward option like he was last year when he was in Portland. But he went from being like an afterthought guy that you were upset if you drafted to, you know, if you've been playing him over the last two weeks or so, he's he's been putting up some, you know, top 50 kind of fantasy numbers again. So he, he may not be the superstar, but he's still he's still pretty good. And he's definitely not somebody that 
you know, you should be. I mean, there were people earlier in the year. Should I trade Lamarcus Aldridge for like, you know, Isaiah Cannon at the time or something? And I was like, no, like no, it's just no, you know. But you know, it took a little while, but he's back to uh, you know to putting up some solid numbers again. Yeah, I totally agree there as well. So, um, yeah, and uh, we said this too when he was hanging around 15 points per game, and you know, people were disappointed with where they drafted him, and you know whether or not they should. Uh, uh, you know, sell low or try to, you know, just get 50 cents on a dollar or, or whatever it is. We said, hey, you know, try to hang with this guy here because we think there's some definite upside in, uh, in, uh, in the potential there, and it's starting to come to fruition. So for those yeah. of you who hung tight with the LaMarcus Aldridge, you did the right thing. Yeah, we said at the time, basically, you're not going to get the value back for him right now that you sh- you deserve for him, so you're better holding on to him and, you know, Luckily, it actually worked out with him this time. So. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to a game that was actually competitive, the only one on the slate here. 126-129 to 129, Denver gets a nice little upset win here. Uh, Miles Turner decides to go absolute ham sandwich. He gets into the starting lineup uh, for the uh, injured Ian Mahimi. Mahimi, Mahimi, Got to do it. It's, all, it's obligatory. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think we're done singing. Before we get like just half the, the listeners, I, I mean, I try not to start. I do not have a good singing voice, so I'll let you handle that. Like okay. I said, well, I, I guess I got to police myself because no one else is going to do it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, big minutes there for a lot of the starters overall. Will Barton, uh, the world author, was a guy that people got interested in, in but he, you know, gets ticked down to 22 minutes with Jokic back in the lineup. Uh, Lavernier um, back in the mix there as well. So uh, let's talk about th- this box score and there's if there's anything that we can learn. Do you think this is a spot where we can finally make a case for like Miles Turner as a guy that we need to start go uh, you know going out and targeting? I mean, how you know? I still think Mahini's going to go back into the starting center role when he comes back. So I still think that at best, you know, Miles Turner is going to get half a game and be a guy who's who kind of splits the time with them. Um, they haven't shown a willingness to put those two guys really on the floor together. So they're basically, to me, they're going to just be stealing time from each other. Now, if we find out Mahini, you know, he has a sore left heel, if we find out he's going to be out for an extended period, I think Turner makes a, you know, decent target. But again, they're still giving Lavoy Allen minutes. They're still giving Jordan Hill minutes. You know, Turner got more minutes in this game because he was playing really well in this game. You know, and it was also like an absolutely ridiculous up and down, just crazy kind of game. And, you know, Allen and Hill both had gotten into foul trouble at points in this game. You know, I like Turner. He's a guy that we all thought would have a little bit of upside. You know, I don't think 25 and 7 is what he's going to do every night. I think this is more of an upside outlier kind of game. But he can get you some, some rebounds. He can get you some blocks. He can get you a few points. I just want to see safer minutes like I want to see them build on this and give them you know 25 to 30 minutes a game before I want to jump on board over there and then as for Denver the big question I have because we talked about this um you know Will Barton had a big game here but he had a big game because Gallinari fouled out and Gallinari was in foul trouble for most of this game you know do we really think that I mean, I loved Will Barton when he was getting the big minutes when Gallinari was out. But since Gallinari's come back, you know, Gallinari's been getting the big minutes and also the shot attempts and everything else. You know, do you feel safe enough in getting back on the Will Barton train? I guess is probably the question I'm trying to ask. Because right now, I still feel like he's just a guy that's coming in off the bench. 
you know, even Gary Harris has been playing more minutes than him lately. Not that I want Gary Harris either. I don't think he has the same kind of upside that Barton does. You know, if Barton was getting Gary Harris's minutes, I'd be happy with it, but he's not. So I don't really know, you know, how I feel about Barton. I feel like people are still overvaluing what his role will be for the rest of the season, barring a, you know, injury to Gallinari. Yeah, I think we need to be in a wait-and-see approach. Like, I'm not going out of my way to go grab uh, Will Barton uh, off of other teams' rosters because he's not really available on the free agent wire um, there as well because you don't know if you're going to be – which Will Barton you're going to be buying uh, there mm-hmm. as well. I think it's the answer is he's probably going to be somewhere in the middle in between. So you, it's not a guy that you have to, like, go well out of your way to get, but he could be, like, sort of like a Wes Matthews guy. It's not this season's Wes Matthews, but, like, seasons prior – where, you know, he's a top 50 to 75 guy, can score, hit some trades, do a little bit of everything, but not somebody that we have to just, like, you know, break the bank to sort of get in there and, uh, you know, make a case for uh, in our fancy lineups. So um, that, that's how I see that approaching overall. Um, taking a look at this here, um, nothing really else uh, of else to, to note. I mean, Lavoie Allen gets some extra minutes but doesn't do anything with it, four points, four rebounds. Uh, Gary Harris had a nice strong game, but... Um, I don't think I can trust him for 20 points consistently. So it's just basically business as usual. Moutier, you know, uh, six assists, seven turnovers. This is basically what you can expect for him to not shoot a great percentage, turn the ball over way too much, and, you know, contribute with some assists and some steals overall. He'll have some nice games here and there, but he's a rookie who's really not ready for the NBA um, this season. Uh, But, you know, he's basically just going to have to get thrust into the lineup because Denver knows that the best thing for their team is to, to play him all season long and develop him. So, uh, Yeah, I think, um, especially right now, I think he's a guy that I don't want anywhere near my rosters because those turnovers absolutely kill you. Their shooting percentage kills you, and he doesn't really give you enough upside to justify taking the hits that you take in those other categories. Yeah, if he was out there on the wire, I would strongly consider just like leaving him out there. The only reason I would pick him is to see if I could package him with somebody else and flip him. Uh, mm-hmm. so you don't really actually want him actively in your lineup doing the things that he does negatively. All right, last game on the slate here. Houston uh, handles the L.A. Lakers 112-95. to uh, James Harden goes for 31 points. James Harden does James Harden things. Dwight Howard with a nice 14-15 and 15 with three blocks. And everybody else is sort of ho-hum. Capella, double-double. Uh, so that's nice, but not necessarily dependable. He did it in 23 minutes. Trevor Reza only played 24 minutes. Um, because the game was well in hand. He scores 13 points, and then not a, a ton else that we need to be excited about. Lou Williams had a nice performance, but it was just sort of an empty 20 points, one rebound, one assist, and um, Kobe Bryant decides to play point four, which is probably his best role going forward, rather than trying to jack up a ton of shots and be the shot maker that he used to be. Nine assists, but just five points, only takes five shots, uh, one of one from three. Anything else that you want to comment on on this box score before we move forward? No, not really. I mean, we talk about before how you can kind of throw games out against the Spurs because teams always underperform against them. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I learned anything from looking at a box score of the Lakers for the throw flip side of that. For yeah, the flip side of that coin. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're that bad offensively, and they play at such a good pace that everybody always has a good game and looks great when they play against the Lakers. Um, what I noticed from the Lakers side of it, you know, they did have um, who was hurt. Uh, Nance was hurt. So you got a few extra minutes out of Randall here. And, you know, as we've been saying all season long, surprise, surprise, you give a few extra minutes to Randall, he gives you a double-double. So, you know, they're doing a really good job of tanking this year by keeping this guy on the bench, which is frustrating because the guy actually has some talent. 
Um, you know, Lou Williams and uh, and Jordan Clarkson seem to be the two guards at this point. D'Angelo Russell coming off the bench. So I like Clarkson and Williams more than I like D'Angelo Russell. If, you know, you have a choice between those guys in a trade or, you know, picking one up and dropping another. Roy Hibbert does nothing really for me, and I don't want Kobe Bryant on my teams right now at this point. You know, he'll have an explosion for 30 points here or there or a game where he gets nine assists like this. But, you know, he's killing you in field goal percentage and... He's just not giving you enough upside to justify, you know, how badly he hurt you over there. So, you know, that's pretty much the only way I see the Lakers. You know, as for the Rockets, like I said, Capella's okay. Ariza's okay. The only other two guys, Dwight Howard, James Harden, would be the ones I want. Beverly is hurt. I'm tired of hearing everybody talk about how Ty Lawson's numbers are going to tick up without Beverly out. You know, if somebody wants Lawson and you got him on your team, give him up. He's just, he's not going to be a big part of this team. Everyone keeps trying to make him fit or say this is his time to shine. I mean, they're still starting Jason Terry. And honestly, you know, even when, when Lawson's in there, Lawson needs the ball in his hand in order to really put up the big fantasy numbers we were used to seeing out of him in, De- in Denver. And that's not the best thing for this team. So I don't think it's going to happen for him in Houston unless he gets traded. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. This is sort of a Rajon Rondo thing uh, in Dallas part two. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to uh, worry about getting too much exposure to that slate overall. Um, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for the game logs here. Now let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show here. Let's talk some all-star voting here, uh, Benny. And no surprise to me, and I think this is actually a good thing. I was talking about this with my co-host on Fantasy Hoops Insider. Kobe Bryant, this is, article came out on January 14th, so bear in mind, four, day, four days ago. But for the most part, the votes are probably uh, fairly similar. Uh, has doubled up on everybody with 1.53 uh, million votes. No surprise here. It's sort of like a Magic Johnson situation where you knew this was going to be his last All-Star game. Uh, they get Kobe Bryant gets the, I don't care what Kobe Bryant's done for the season. He deserves a veteran's exception, so to speak. And the fans are, clearly want to see him play his last all-star game. So I, I'm totally fine with it. Are, are you good with that as well? Yeah, I have no problem with it. I I hate what the Major League Baseball does where the all-star game actually counts. Mm-hmm. What the all-star game should be is a it's a time in the season where everybody gets a break. It should be a fun thing. It should be a showcase. It should be about the fans. And, you know, when you have guys in their last game, like Jordan when he was retiring and, you know, Magic Johnson after the, you know, the whole HIV thing broke out, I want to see these guys one last time. It's their chance. And you know what? A lot of the times in that last game, you do see these guys really step up and remind you why they were, you know, superstars for so many years. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Kobe go out and hit like, you know, six or seven threes in this game and wind up with 30 points and walk away with the hardware. So, you know, I have no problem with him being in there. I want to see him play in this. Me too. Uh, And to round out the Western uh, slots right here, I like that that they've gotten rid rid of – like positional eligibility there where we don't have to have a, a crappy power forward or or yeah. you know somebody who just because they, you must have a center you know, we, we sometimes the centers just stink okay yeah. and you, we don't have to have them in there so kevin durant uh, is in the, up there with at the forward spot along with uh Kawhi leonard uh mm-hmm. there are uh, 774,000 votes 487 for leonard curry uh tops all guards and just behind kobe at 1.2 mil and behind Russell Westbrook, who has 609,000. Uh, I'm fine with that entire starting five. I think that's probably the best you can do, uh, aside from Kobe being in there for obvious purposes. Uh, you agree with me there? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue against it. We talk all the time about how much we love Kawhi Leonard and how good he is, so I'm glad to see him getting the recognition. You know, Durant and Westbrook are both, 
you know, studs. I mean, there, there's no arguing those guys at all. And Steph Curry, you know, arguably the best point guard in the in the NBA right now, and his team has the best record, and he had the best start to the season. So, for me, he should be the starting, uh, you know, the starting point guard over there. No problem whatsoever with any of those guys. You know, like you said, Kobe's the one guy that you can kind of make an argument for. And, you know, like I said, I'm okay with him getting the Lifetime Achievement Award and, and getting in the game this year. Yeah, the only thing I will say, too, and this is not like me being a Kings fan, I'm just talking here, is that if Kobe wasn't in his last season, um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins obviously gets the nod at the center position. If it's anything else besides that, if there's some Marcus Lowe clown business or anything, I'm going to cry foul. Okay, yeah. I, I don't care what the Memphis... Grizzlies record is or you know where the Sacramento Kings have been a more competitive team last year than the past few seasons but regardless you know the all-star game is about putting the best five players out there and you know everybody should know by at this point I mean the only other person you could have possibly made a case in the preseason was for was Brow but he's been way too injured and inconsistent to ever be like a guy that you would consider over to Marcus Cousins right now so yeah. um, that, that's the way I think it would have been if this wasn't the Kobe Bryant farewell tour. And, and I have no problem with that because more than likely, if everything shakes out the way and coaches get their picks, Brow will be on the roster and so will DeMarcus Cousins. So be shocked if it's if, if it's something else besides that. Um, all right. On the East here, we've got LeBron James with 830,000 votes. No surprise there. Paul George at 569K. Carmelo um, r- wraps up the some of the forwards there at 368. Then we've got Andre Drummond, 361. Uh, just behind him, so he's in the mix, but he's not in the the uh, the, the starting three behind um, Melo, uh, PG-13, and King James, so he's very close. And then we've got Kyrie Irving at 399, still leading vote-getter among guards, right behind Kyle Lowry at 367, and Jimmy Butler at 356. Now, to be honest with you, I think the starters should be Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, but I'm not surprised that it's Kyrie Irving, because if there's any person whose game fits the all-star experience more it's Kyrie with the like the crossovers and and you know the sick moves that he has the ball yeah the handles Mm -hmm. yes exactly that's what you want to see in an all-star game you don't want to see like Kyle Lowry you know pump faking and shaking somebody into a four-point play or bulldogging somebody down in the paint that's not exciting all-star basketball I love Kyle Lowry by the man oh by the way don't make no mistake, but he's just not ankle breaking anybody like like Kyrie Irving is. So I get it from a fan's perspective, and I probably if you said who's going to be the more fun player to watch in the All Star game, I would definitely take Kyrie Irving. So no problem overall with him there. But if we're talking about like a performance standpoint, it definitely needs to be Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. I would definitely take um, Lowry and Butler have had a better start to the season than Wade and Kyrie have. But, you know, again, with the fans voting, you know, not every fan is intently watching every game with an eye towards, you know, statistics and fantasy kind of like we do. So, you know, there's still a lot of wow factor. And, you know, Kyrie, former number one overall pick, you know, Dwayne Wade, former, you know, MVP candidate and guy who's been to the finals a couple times and got a couple rings. You know, there's still bigger names. So the average fan is still clicking those two boxes. But I think the guys who are you know, more deserving based off of the year that they've had so far is Jimmy Butler, definitely, and, you know, Kyle Lowry as well, because Kyrie Irving's played, what, maybe 10 games at this point? Yeah. So, you know what, the, the good news about this is All-Star Game is uh, February 14th in Canada, so we've got, we're going to get more of a sample from some of the guys, and for the honorable mentions, like, there's no way that Drummond 
and uh, like Kyle Lowry or or Jimmy. I guess the odd man out right now would be Jimmy Butler. Do not make this list. You know what? And I'm going to blame Chicago. Chicago fans, why are you not stuffing the ballot box for Jimmy Butler, especially as as great of a season that he's had all season long? Whenever Derrick Rose has been alive, he's been an absolute monster. I know they've had a little bit of an up and down year and probably more losses than they would have expected to some questionable teams. But overall, Jimmy Butler should be the leading guard getter if you are hardcore uh, fans. And so I don't know what the Chicago fans are calling you guys out for, you know, let you're letting the NBA and Cavs fans out there and just people in the NBA just vote an injured guy in there to, for by almost, you know, 30 X thousand votes uh, be, beat somebody who's been balling out of control all season long. So that's on you, Chicago. You guys, you need to support your, support your team, support, support your boy, uh, Jimmy Butler a little bit more. He should be in the starting lineup. If you guys did your job. Yeah. All right, and that is going to wrap it up for the uh, uh, Rotowire Fancy Basketball Podcast. Uh, for those of we've been sprinkling some DFS action here uh, all throughout the show here, and if you want to get uh, into the action, be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com. Benny, the official fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire, uh, with Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. Play whatever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you the superior GM, or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code RotoHoops to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of Rotowire. That's promo code rotohoops at draftkings.com all right guys thanks for listening everybody this show is available five days a week on itunes and stitcher don't forget to share and subscribe you can check out benny on twitter at benny r11 and me on twitter at josh hayes fs thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com